Hello, Stephen. Hello, Erica. We have finished Colony in Space. We just watched episode six. We did, and congratulations to us. This is episode 200 of Lazy Doctor Who. Hey, what a what a, a good way to, to hit 200, finishing off a story that I really liked. Yay, you actually, you did like it all the way through to the end then? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was a little bit, ending stories is difficult. Um, I felt like the end in terms of the city of the indigenous population was a little... Convenient? fast like it was just abrupt and sudden like you had six episodes to play with things and the things that you chose to play with were the colonists versus the miners which i mean i guess is kind of understandable um whereas i mean to me sort of the more interesting story um like just in the terms of mysterious stuff is what the heck has been going on with this with this city of of people and the idea that the leader I mean, I guess the way that I have to read it in my head is that this leader, uh, they're, they're telepathic, these races, so that this leader recognized in the master what would happen if he got a hold of their, their super weapon yep. and realized that sacrificing not only his life, but the life of everybody in the entire city was worth it to save the rest of the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that is that is how I read it, but I didn't think that that was special spelled out like enough on screen you know yes he has the line about like if you get control of it it will be you know death and destruction really bad whatever like i would have appreciated a little bit more acknowledgement Mm -hmm. not only from him but from the doctor that that that's what's actually going to happen because you know the doctor has this line about infinite compassion but like where's your compassion for your own people there's nobody says anything about the fact that it's going to blow up the entire city until you know until the guy says like you got to get out of here and i'm just like what like really it's just i was i was hoping that it would just shut itself down and that would that would be the end but no of course not that's not epic enough for a, a final episode of a doctor who story so it was like yeah okay so the, they did the right thing in the end to save the galaxy at the expense of you know their city um interesting that the indigenous people have to sacrifice all of themselves well whereas the colonists only have to sacrifice the one person and then they get to be there and have the planet to themselves or at least that part of it we don't know if there are other cities um yeah that's that's a little sketchy and uh yeah i just it was i don't know that was that was that was brief but endings are hard it's Mm -hmm. that's that's a tough thing to to pull together at the end. Yeah, I feel if this was made today, uh, they would do more about, <laughs> as you say, I said convenient because it was convenient that the indigenous population decided to just commit self-sacrifice yeah. and therefore the colonists have the planet to themselves now and they never have to deal with the ramifications of actually having to properly live with the uh, mm-hmm. the indigenous population. Yeah, and there's no, like, I don't think those people are going to be setting up any kind of memorial to the fact that like and the doctor didn't even seem to encourage that or anything or say you should be grateful for all of your lives and the lives of everybody in the galaxy because it was these people that did that for you and like there's just that's you know this is a very 70s colonistic tv show like this is obvious 
I'm not expecting that they would have that in there, but it still makes me sad that it isn't. It, it's a it's a window into that world and that way of thinking, isn't it? You know about how well this was once a very prosperous and technologically advanced civilization, but they aren't anymore, and therefore yep. it is justified that we can wipe them off the planet essentially yeah like it's it's not a big deal like we've only lost these poor primitives Mm. um which weren't doing us any good anyway because they were just you know occasionally kidnapping people and selling them back for food and just Mm. yeah it's uh gosh they really get the uh get the short end of the stick here and i mean I can picture somebody making an argument that, you know, they brought it upon themselves because they, you know, they, they reached too high and they built a doomsday weapon and, you know, well, you know what? Those people didn't <laughs> just because their forefathers did. I don't know. It just, yeah, it's, it's weird. Also, the fact that the self-destruct for the doomsday weapon is just a switch, like just, just flip it. I mean, my, in my head canon, this particular ruler has been wanting to, uh, has been thinking it's the right thing to do to destroy this this thing for a long time and has slowly had people building that switch that wasn't an original switch that was added later yeah, either that or perhaps given that the uh the the leader the, the crazy little sock puppet kind of guy um michael bryant we use that same effect in a blake seven episode to much lesser effect i might add um given that he uses his uh his telepathy and superpowers to basically make the master's gun vanish. I think he basically just mapped the control of it to oh. the the little switch. Like literally, if you were opening up, hey, wow, cool weapon. What does this giant switch do? You would think you would just pull that lever at some point. That yeah. so maybe he just thought, I'm just gonna map it to that mm-hmm. and think about it. And all you have to do is press that. Obviously, he had one in mind because he said, no, not that switch, mm-hmm. that one. Interesting. But he, then he makes the doctor be the one to do it. So it's the doctor that wiped out this entire city and this mm-hmm. entire, possibly this entire race. We don't actually know. Also, the idea that the uh, radiation is just going to go away now. They're going to be able to grow crops just fine. That's some, some very specific, very fast, uh, fast not fast acting, fast oh. deteriorating radiation, I guess. I guess so. That's that's why they call it the Doomsday. What they the the target novelization of this was called Doctor Who and the Doomsday Weapon, by the way, oh. which is a spoiler. So that's why I didn't even. Yeah. I, was, I was actually going to mention that on the last episode. That, no, I won't because they haven't actually mentioned the Doomsday Weapon yet. So, mm-hmm. yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That all comes to comes together at the very very end. Yeah. We do have the nice. Uh, interaction which is you know not the only time we see the master inviting the doctor to to be pals mm-hmm. and rule together um so that was nice that was just oh, the poor master just like he really expects the doctor to say yes like why wouldn't you <laughs> he just does you know as much as the the master cl- clearly cares about the doctor he, he just doesn't get him no it's like the cat bringing the dead bird to its owner thing look what i brought why wouldn't you like this i like this you would like this too wouldn't you What's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. It's like I have some friends who who get consistent presents from their in-laws that are things that their in-laws like, but not <laughs> things that my friends particularly like. It's like, thank you for that gift that you clearly think is is lovely, but I'm not a huge fan of Red Lobster. Thanks anyway. You've been there once or twice. No, I am. I love Red Lobster. <laughs> I'm saying the, the person who is the recipient of this gift maybe doesn't so much, but the person giving it really does. Imagine if I got Red Lobster. Oh my God. Me, a 15-year vegetarian. As yeah, I am. you could eat some salad and some french fries. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, so poor Ash sacrificed himself. 
oh, I liked him so much. And it doesn't surprise me that he did that because, and, and I hope now like that, I feel the, the guy that played Winton did a nice job of the moment that he explains it. Like he seems properly sad and slightly cowed. And I hope that it seems like he's the one that's going to be in charge of the the colony at this point and i hope that he will have taken a lesson from ash and will sort of rule with a little bit of a, a cooler head than he would have otherwise um just in honor of ash's memory mm. and it looks i mean him him and uh, mary ash are getting along nice talking about the colony after at the end there and then caldwell comes in and says hey i'm out of work now can i can i help and so i can help get your power back up and so i think everything's sort of like mm-hmm. filling in nicely yeah it works out great for the settlers yep. what do you know Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Now we don't have that nasty radiation from that primitive tribe to worry about. Oh it has that is the aspect that has dated the the, the worst out of yep. all of this. I think. I mean, it is um, almost fifty years old. I will grant it, but mm-hmm. it, it is. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 a very interesting indicator of of how the the mind of the british person yeah. in 1971 would go and how they would treat in their minds colonies and such like that yeah it's interesting yep and i mean really it is still it's a fascinating story because you have all these different layers and all these different facets and yes some of the ones that i wish were built out a little bit mm-hmm. more um sensitively aren't but st- i still think this is a, a pretty pretty amazing story i suddenly feel like i i want to do a land acknowledgement and say that yeah we always talk about being in edmonton but we are on treaty six territory that is that is where we are i've thought about that and that perhaps they should you know we are on whatever <laughs> i don't think there was a treaty side with the primitives of the of Xarius or anything like that it is it is interesting though because you know malcolm hulk wrote uh doctor who and the silurians and so like came you know the silurians are essentially the indigenous uh, race on earth and he treats them with a lot more respect and you know i mean sure they're the, the villains of the piece but only some of them are the villains and they sort of like at the end of that episode or that story they get mistreated because the brigadier blows up their the bunker and and keeps them sealed in in their in their habitat and so he didn't extend that to the primitives on on this planet they're more or less seen as a a third wheel in this battle between miners and colonists. And he did make them sort of, you know, a, a degenerated tri-race, like three three races yeah. from... So, And maybe maybe that was sort of his way of of simplifying it so he didn't feel like he needed to, to do more, which that in and of itself to me is super problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but anyway, yeah, that's, that's a thought. Mm-hmm. Captain Dent uh, remains alive and doesn't actually get his comeuppance as much. He just sort of like his last scene is literally saying goodbye to Alec that he actually says goodbye, Ash. Mm-hmm. Like he actually ends the call sort of like with a, with a bit of begrudging respect to him. You know, I've, I've never really claimed that um, um, Dent has been evil. I think um, Morgan is more evil than mm-hmm. than dent but he is just very cold and callous and and greedy perhaps but we never have the moment where like he gets shot down in battle or mm-hmm. or anything like that he just gets put off the planet and goes back to earth with the tail between his legs yeah you know that sort of strikes me as another like little bit of realism um for that time and certainly now where you know the the people who are doing some of the really awful stuff in in the world in the universe are just quote unquote doing their jobs and following orders and just can like they just keep doing it like mm-hmm. yeah they don't necessarily get their comeuppance because that's just the way that the world works yeah. and there's a lot of you know 
people who have a lot of the resources in the world who can kind of just do what they want and, you know, issue a faux apology every now and then mm-hmm. uh, or not even no. and uh, and just sort of continue about their business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who knows what what will await Dent when he gets back to Earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, probably he'll be fine. Like that yeah. guy's going to be fine. He'll probably, you know, oh, it was all Caldwell's fault. That's why he's he left. It's all his fault why we couldn't take him over so mm-hmm. yep he's a he definitely seems like a, a calculating sort of sort of smart fellow mm-hmm. so he will definitely come up with a way to work around this it might be a, a small setback for his career but like how many times have we seen you know like billionaire upper management like ceo people mm-hmm. completely fail and tank their their companies and then you know a year later they've got another company yeah. that's 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 going and then you know give them time to tank that too yeah, that's what's going to happen to Dent. Mm-hmm. I think there should be some big Finnish fiction written about Captain Dent. <laughs> Maybe. Is that guy still alive to do the voice? I think he actually might be. I think he might be in his 90s now. I think I think Morris Perry's... I could be wrong about that, but mm-hmm. I remember... I think he was on the commentary for it on, on the DVD, but uh, I'm not sure um, where he is now. Yeah. So anything else about uh, Colony Space Episode 6 and, and the story as a whole? Uh, I just, I really, I, I really liked it. Yeah, it was, it was solid. The, like I said, the ending's a little bit rocky, but mm-hmm. that's, that is just how it works. Oh, we didn't need that long, messy, like I was cringing through that fist fight in the like goopy <laughs> gook, like go. in the mud. Ugh. Yeah, that was, I mean, I, I, good on you guys for making that happen, but ugh. You know, so A, it was shot with two cameras because you could tell they're actually cutting between them because how could you shoot that again with all the muck on them and stuff? Uh, B, I think it was essentially improvised between the actor who played Winton and Terry Walsh, who played the the guard. C, Terry Walsh, of course, uh, renowned stunt uh, performer and arranger, was also the stunt arranger, or will be in, at this point, on Robin of Sherwood. And you remember the, the fight between uh, ah. Guy of Gisborne and Robin in that, where they fight in a big giant mud pit too, which I believe, I don't know if Terry Walsh doubled. I don't think there was a chance for him to double for either Michael Prade or uh, Robert Addy as Gisborne, but uh, he certainly arranged that fight. So he has he's got a genre to himself <laughs> of mud pit stunt fights and tv shows oh my god that's that is that's a thing that's yeah. a thing to have to your name i guess yep yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah i think they just basically saw the mud pit so ooh, let's do a fight here and, and there you go well it was it was effective like because yeah. it was just like i was i was feeling that fight much more viscerally than i was any of the gunfights mm-hmm. in part in most mostly because of the mud yeah yeah what i liked about it is that it is like that is how a fight would happen in yep. the mud like that it is not pro there is no pro fighting moves in this they are basically wrestling around in the mud trying to gain footing until one guy knocks the other guy out and that is what we saw yep Yep. Nice. Good on you. I mean, you pointed out that that was Terry Walsh, like before he had his his one line there. So I knew that there was a fight coming because it was Terry Walsh. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Terry Lo- Terry Walsh is the mirror lawn of uh, performers. Mirror lawns, that little funky, uh, wobbly, reflective paper that they use for the uh, effects for. Um, uh, Ice Warrior guns and for a few other effects throughout Doctor Who's history and whenever you can hear us see a slightly off looking shot thinking, the picture's going to wobble soon which means there's going to be a, a visual effect <laughs> happening and so that's what Terry Walsh is per, <laughs> mirror lawn in person that's a very deep reference I realize but I feel like I could make it with you this is the place for that reference if, if any it's here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
so Colony Space, yay. So we only have one story left in series or season eight. Do you know which one it is that's coming up? I don't. Nope. Do you want me to tell you? Sure. It's the demons. That was going to be my guess. Yeah. Yeah. Or the demons. I think it's the demons. Yeah, uh, I've I've seen it. I actually I think I had it on VHS in right. black and white, and I think I watched it and I think I didn't care for it too much. So I don't remember a lot about it. Although I and what I've heard remember hearing about it more recently is that the doctor is a real dick to Joe in it. So I am not looking forward to this. Well, I I mean I mean there's. To, uh, I'm looking forward to watching it just to, to gauge my reaction and your reaction. I know Paul Cornell has been very vocal against it because this the demons has was for the longest time like oh it's the greatest story of the John Pertwee era mm-hmm. back before people could actually watch other stories of the John Pertwee era because everyone seemed to have so much fun making it so therefore it must have been great. What I didn't like about I'm just saying this now because I'm just bracing you for what I'm thinking. But when I first watched it and I'm still not sure if it's it's the audio is is intentional or maybe it was just when I first watched it. When I watched it on PBS all those years ago for the first time, I think their tracking was off and the audio was warbling the whole time, which just made for a painful watch and it affected my Mm. impression on that first watch. Just like Brain of Morbius, when they showed Brain of Morbius, uh, the first episode in the omnibus version had no music or sound effects on it. And I thought, what is this art, arty, farty crap <laughs> with no anything? And so it to, to this day, Brain of Morbius kind of like, <sighs> still has that effect because that's how I first watched it. You never get a second chance to make a first impression. You really don't. So I'm hoping that the demons in some way sort of redeems itself with the two of us watching it mm-hmm. for this year podcast. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We did visit the uh, the village where it was uh, it was shot. That's true. We did. Oh, I oh, nearly forgot about that. With Andrew Smith, we went to see Aldborn. That's right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. And there was a fate happening that day. Yeah, it was delightful. always a fate happening in English villages. I'm surprised that there were no murders while yeah. we were there because it is midsummer. We basically drove in, uh, had one drink, and then we left. So I yeah. feel like we didn't stay long enough to have the murders happen. So we were we were lucky. That's very true. Yeah. So, yeah, that's right. Oh, so we'll, this will be the f- a first time we'll, that we'll watch a story together that will actually have been to the location of it, I think, since since they made it. We never went before, oddly enough. But. <laughs> you don't say. Yeah. So that's exciting. There we go. The Demons kicks off the next 200 episodes of uh, Lazy Doctor Who uh, on the next episode. And where can you find that podcast? <laughs> on the Incomparable Network. Goodbye. Goodbye.